Well, it's a dynamic duo, we'll be back again. Nothing back with DJ, you better pack it in. You're lacking sense. Trying to tangle with us, scoop up a big black booties in the back of the bus to smack you. You're stealing your lunch, money to search. Ready to feel like just a touch. Only by the end of the day, that's understandable. What can I say? You got strong man to be. Mind, mind, So we're good. We are excellent. Better than uh, Kelly Oubre Jr. Yeah, pour a little bit out, Kelly Oubre Jr. And uh, look both ways before crossing the street, kids. Because uh, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, what is the go over there? I don't know. I don't know. Don't know what's happened there, but nothing. Not, none of it's good. But uh, man's got hit by a car while out walking, apparently. Um, so it just proves that the 76ers are doomed and, and can't have nice things. It's all my way of, of, of you know, leading the comp. 76ers are doing well. My picks are in the East are going really, really well. And I go, well, what can we do to fuck that up? Let's run over their third guy. Yeah. Why not? Who is scoring an unsustainable fucking clip? I think that that's also needs to be factored in. Oh, is- look, I mean, he, you know, he, he, look, he was 26 points after the first game. I think he's just still about, I think he's still over 20, which is ridiculous, but- yeah, all power to him. He's certainly doing better than what he was when on the Warriors, who looked like a bit of a clown show today. Let's let's put a little bit more structure into this than just sort of randomly mentioning oh, things. This, um, oh, is this the A block? Is it? Is this the A? <laughs> is the A hole block? This is the Bulls podcast. I'm Doc. He's Adam. Uh, Bezo is dead. Uh, no, he's, he's just. Claims that he's unwell. That, that end zone he took last week really kicked in hard, eh? Yeah. Don't even know what he was doing at a Rivers to Soul gig and getting on that stuff, but, you know. <laughs> oh, you have to. You absolutely Do have what to. you can. Get on those things. So, the, we'll cut to the chase and point out that the, the reason people come here for you are winning the, the wins pool at this stage with 86 mm. games played. It's amazing to think there's been that many games played by your teams, but yeah, you I know. played the least number of games and you had the most number of points. Um, oh, I've, I've caught up a little bit. It was it was like my teams were just like, you know, smoking the weed and just going, yeah, you guys play. We'll be fine. We'll catch up with you in a second. Yeah. But no, they seem to have caught up a little bit. It's been, the schedule's been extremely weird because of the, I think yes, because yes. of the- um, you know, I think that the in-season tournament has an element to do this because they want to make sure they have lots of games on Tuesdays and Fridays, but they didn't play yeah. last Tuesday because of the election and they won't play in, yeah. you know, for Thanksgiving in a few weeks. And so it's been a bit- You, sort you of, mean, of course, uh, the, the, the you sh- you'll need to go to Specsavers in-season tournament because- Well, of I've already, we've already referred to it on, on this air as the in-season novelty flooring showcase, and it is- <laughs> It's a bit. It's a bit much. Hard. And, and the second, the second night of games last week were just uh, upsetting. Just frankly upsetting. There's one court. I think. I think it's Miami's court that's kind of a blood red and a and a, and a kind of a lava red. And it looks like Satan's own goatsy. It looks. It looks like the inside of inside of Satan's asshole. It's horrific. Was that the TLDR court as well that had all like you know the hardest team in the NBA in big this or was that just their city? That's just their city one. No, it? no, because they've got a different set of fucking stupid courts for those. They've got the the in season tournament courts and they've also got the city edition courts and that's the one like that has indie that has these fucking MS Paint splotches yeah. everywhere and indie written in <laughs> like the kind of text that you used for primary school projects. That kind of your handwritten text of lettering, and then you go over it in a different color, and you have that kind of shadow effect. That's what they decided yeah. to put the, on um, a professional basketball team's court. 
Good on the NBA, though, for really doubling down because everybody sort of went, you know those City jerseys? They look great this year, NBA. Why don't you double down and just paint that shit all over the court? Because that's what we really want here. Why not just run out of ideas after peddling this thing <laughs> to the furthest extent of its capabilities? But, yeah, the, the, the TLDR court from Miami was the one that had a, a quote attributed to Pat Riley about, you know, the hardest hardest working the hardest working <laughs> man in show about business. The at the time? Well, this is the thing. It was like the hardest burning, nastiest, most hated yada yada team in the entire league. He was talking about and the Knicks, though, wasn't he? It wasn't even a quote about Miami. It was a quote about his fucking Knicks from the 90s. You think, what the fucking, <laughs> these people just, just gargle their own bathwater. It's just, it's just astonishing. Yeah, this is, this is, this is what the uh, age of chat GPT has done to all of us. Everyone yes. knows how it's original ideas. They just go make up a quote and they go, here's a good yeah. one from Pat Riley in the 1990s that we can read. Yeah, yeah. Google and. Nobody will, even, our own. It's, um, nobody will even fucking notice. No one will notice. No one will exactly notice. Right. Miami are above 500. But in the though. midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, there has been some basketball played, and it has been interesting, as we've always said, that this season's going to be. Small sample size, of course. Anthony Davis is injured. No, that's usually- the more that The more the things change, the more things stay the fucking same. Anthony Davis is injured. LeBron's minutes restriction lasted all of one game. Uh, all of, all of these- He is restricted on restrictions, that's right. All of the ancillary dudes who they're depending on are manning to fuck all. Austin Reeves is basically missing without trace. And, uh, and the Lakers are bad- but the Lakers aren't as bad as the Clippers. So, that, as I said, the more things change, the more things stay the same. <laughs> That's exactly right. The Clippers got your man, uh, the system in. He's the, he is the system. No, he is the shitstorm. That's what he is. He's- yeah, he's the cistern. <laughs> yes. That, that, that's, it proceeds, that continues to age about as well as you'd expect. They're currently 0-2 with uh, with Harden taking up a lot more space than he should yeah. be. And look, it's not that Harden's playing badly, but they're just not a very good team, really. Like, it's- what more can you? What more can you do? You know, it's just. No, he's playing badly. So there, <laughs> there is that yeah. too. Yeah, I guess that. he's not good, and they're not good, and they should be better. But there's a lot of teams that are playing, like it's not working out quite the way it should. You alluded to the the Dubs earlier, who are happened to lose a game that where they had all their stars. They shouldn't. They shouldn't have had a problem, except Draymond got himself thrown out through. Orchestrating and then being, failing being a Draymond. Um, yeah. Like, well, he was trying to he was trying to start some shit with Donovan Mitchell, and, and that did not work out quite the way he was hoping he, hoping it to. So the, the Warriors, it's it isn't really coming together for Phoenix are in that situation as well. Again, that was a team yes. where everybody thought, by God, this is good. You know, these guys are going to be terrifying, and they just simply haven't got their three big dudes on the court at any one moment. And I suppose the biggest example of this is the Bucks. I was I yes. was fucking oh. delighted when the Suns and the Bucks fell to me in my first two picks of the draft. Right now, I'm just sort of crossing fingers and hoping the, the long game plays out because, again, they're not getting everybody on the court at once. And it turns out that Dame is the most important member of that because he's the guy who finishes mm. the games at the end and scores all the fucking points. Because one guy can score 54 points and they still lose. Yes. Like, that's um, – and I watched that game. That's one of the few games I've watched, actually, in the last little while. And, look, he played really, really well. Like, it was it was a Giannis performance like – you just go, wow, that guy is is really, really, really good. Because it didn't look like he, you know, he just kept getting to the rim and scoring and getting and ones. And it was like 10 from 11 from the line. When the hell does that ever happen? That, you know, Giannis is actually a good free throw shooter. Well, that's how he got to 54 points. That's how he, instead of getting like 30 odd, like yeah, that's he did right. today. Yeah, what's going on? At that place that they just sort of they don't look cohesive and look I'm sure they'll be fine. They haven't figured out their defense yet. I mean that they, that's yeah, very clear that they they went from the Griffin's first initial concept, which was very much up in your face, like almost like a high press, mm. to more like what they were running with Bard, where Brook Lopez would sag back and you know defend deep. 
And they've been just as bad, in fact, probably worse using the, the system that the players preferred. So they just have to keep chipping away at it. But I mean, you look at those three teams, you look at the Lakers and the Clippers, who are both fucking terrible, genuinely. I mean, that generally, I should say. And the Pelicans, who can never, continually can never get everybody on the court. They're already in injury trouble. It's, it's really quite yes, bizarre. In all sorts. Below 500 in the West is just a pile of wreckage of, with you know, hopes and dreams of, of many, many people. Yes, it really is. And especially looking at the Grizz, like who are just a dumpster fire at the moment. Like it's it's really bad. Well, you compare the Grizz to Houston, who are five and three and who are playing more like a basketball team. And basically we have to say that uh, Dylan Brooks might actually be more of a culture center than you'd expect. I mean, he was kind of run out of uh, Memphis for being a fucking clown and embarrassing himself. But he was out there, you know, claiming he was going to lock LeBron up and staring him down for uncomfortable amounts of time and then proceeded to lock him up and lead the Rockets, lead, I suppose, this might be a slightly contentious statement, to a big winner over the Lakers. And and the lack of him in Memphis and obviously the lack of – Brandon Clark and <laughs> Stephen Adams and uh, Ajar Morant, who can't stop playing with himself and playing with his with his little PP gun, <laughs> has left Memphis one and eight. Yeah, it's pretty dire. Memphis aren't going to make the fucking play in if they don't pull out of this yeah, well, in the next week. They are fucked. Well, they're they're even they're in Lakers territory from last year, like the day because didn't the Lakers start about two and ten or something like that last year? And yeah, and then, yeah roared back after. That, but that's a fair point. I, I had forgotten that. It's just spotting everybody that many games. But yeah, you know, the Memphis ain't got LeBron and AD. Yeah, you know, Jar's good, but he needs help, and yep. I don't know it. It's there. Um, especially it doesn't look like it's there at all. So Yeah, Triple J's been absent and quiet. Yeah, so look, it, it's still early days. Uh, Denver still look good whenever they feel like looking good. They did dump that pretty awful game, but I reckon that was just a, a back-to-back yawn, basically, because they just- Well, looked- that and against it was against the one team that has beaten both Denver and the Celtics, which is Minnesota. Minnesota, so currently the West is Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, Houston- and then Golden State, OKC. Okay. Obviously, by the time this gets broadcast, given that they are playing like 11 games a night, you know, we are not expecting this to still be accurate by the time yeah. you hear it. <laughs> but <laughs> just the general gist might be accurate. But, you know, Dallas are playing really well on the back of, of Luca and Kyrie doing stuff when Kyrie scored a huge amount of points the other day. They, they can't stop anybody, but that's, that's and Lucas, no surprises there. Yeah, and Lucas fresh. Like, how much yeah. longer that lasts, we'll see. You know, whether is Luca going to cook himself by all-star break and they go to shit again. I mean- But that's what Kyrie's for. That, that's literally what Kyrie's for. Yeah. But Minnesota's the interesting one there because Minnesota beat Denver and they've beaten- um, The Celtics. They've yeah. beaten the Celtics. Now, it probably needs to be said that all of the teams that are doing well in both conferences at this stage, Denver, Minnesota, Dallas in the East, uh, Philly, Indiana, those guys have all played a lot of home games. Like Philadelphia are seven and one at this stage. They've played five of those games at home. Yeah. Um, five and zero at home. Indiana have played seven games at home and they're five and two out of the six and three that they've got. Uh, Denver are eight and one and six of those games were at home. They won them all. Uh, Minnesota have, have had five wins at home. So a lot of the teams that have had very home biased home and away mm. splits have really seen the benefit. The team that you, you look at and you go, well, they're primed for a bounce back is probably the Dubs because they are six and four, yeah. but they've only played three and games five, at home. And they're five and two on the road. That's almost more games than what they won in the entire last year on exactly the road, Exactly right. Like it's- and they're also, um, I was watching the Dubs game that they gave away today against um, Cleveland. 
and they flashed up their um, schedule for the rest of the month. And I had to look at it a couple of times to make sure I wasn't seeing things. They've only got one away game in the entire month of November coming up. So the oh. the schedule will reset itself, it looks like. Mm. But, you know, you can only win the games you've got in front of you. I mean, they say Minnesota have won five, you know, a five and oh at home. That's that's fucking good. You know, that's. Well, that's what I keep saying. They talk, keep talking about Philadelphia and a bit of a soft yeah. schedule, though. They did beat the Celtics early on in there as well. So, I mean, that's. But as I said, you, you, you've got to win all those games too. Like you can't well, they said just- that about Dallas, that Dallas had a soft schedule. But, I mean, Dallas have only played roughly half their games at home. They've played five, five at home, four away. But the other thing is that they got a slightly softer schedule as a, as a thank you for them going to fucking China for preseason. They were one of the teams that went all the way over there. So, they, uh, yeah. so that was kind of a, you know, we'll, we'll make life a little bit easier when you get back because, you know, you, you've got had a much more stringent preseason. Nice to see Dante Exum getting a bit of time there too. Yeah, he, he yeah. came off the bench. Yeah, yeah, for sure. 18 minutes, two or three. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good. Plus seven. That's all you want him to do. Like The thing that's getting it done for Minnesota, though, is their defense is really, really good. Yes. They're number one in, in defense and by a long way the best defensive team in the comp. Second best is the New York Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and you shouldn't laugh when you say that because we are meant to be Australasia's most Knicks positive NBA adjacent podcast. That's the most the positive Knicks- thing. That's the most positive thing anyone said about them for ages. Well, the, the Knicks are sitting there at flat five hundred, and they've they've got a they've got a positive net rating, and two and two at home, and two and two away. They couldn't be any more five hundred. Well, and you- and some of the guys are starting to play again. Julius Randle actually starting to play basketball like he remembers how to do it again. Like because he was bloody awful in the first couple of games, but he's starting to come. It's it's not brilliant, but at least it's. You know, it's okay. His shooting sucks. Yeah, that's right. I think he's, um, his efficiency is just off the charts terrible or something like that. There was some, I remember someone saying the other day that there is one guy who's got who's averaging over 20 points a game. It might be, um, uh, is it Chet? I think has got the worst efficiency of any player in the NBA averaging over 20. 20, it's some horrific number anyway. So I, wouldn't, but, I wouldn't have thought of Chet as a gunner, you know. Yeah, but he's 20 points and just some horrible, horrible, yeah. horrible sort of um, efficiency. Latter days of Kobe but, spec. You know, yes. Okay, so you're up, they're over 500 and they're in sixth in the West, which isn't too bad at all. Yeah, and they and they kind of haven't really, you know, there hasn't been, you know, spectacular um, you know, so the, the, I think because I think people sort of thought, well, they might really come good. And, I, and it's been, you know, it's been okay. Mm. Yeah, Shea's playing well. Giddy seems to be doing giddy things, I guess. And he's not yeah, scoring th- a lot. But I really, yeah. There is a, a weird kind of contrarian hipster take that they need to trade Giddy because he's not quite what they need. And it's like, well, how the fuck do you know what you need? Your team well, isn't finished. What do they need then? I mean- yeah. What do they? What do they need? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't understand. Fun fact: Josh Giddy is the the only person who admits to being a virgin in the entire NBA. Oh shit! I'm assuming wow. it's some Christian bullshit. No, not that he's uh, not that he can't get it get his end away. Because I'm sure he'd be able to. I'd be amazed if he couldn't pull. Oh, look, he's he's a, a sports star earning multi multi million dollars a year. Take it as you will, but I'm sure there's someone out there willing to. There's someone to love everyone out there. Yeah, yeah <laughs> take, take one for the team. <laughs> Especially a guy earning twelve million dollars for the year, I think he, he his house his his house might be okay. Get some practice stats up, or yeah, you know, hotel motel holiday inn or something like that. Yeah. But so we mentioned Houston as being a um a surprise in the West, but in the East, I suppose Indiana is not a surprise that Indiana are good. It's a surprise that Indiana have the greatest have, have still have the greatest offense in the history of basketball. Uh, we kind of joked after the um, oh, really? yeah. like the one game overreaction where they scored 150 points. Like, are they going to be the greatest offense in the history of the world? And they've continued to do that. They are comfortably the best offense <laughs> in the fucking comp. 
No defence, but who need if you're scoring 150 points? No, not at all. I think they are. I would make it 26th or 27th on on uh, on defence. Uh, defence is for cowards. Um, fuck that. Who cares? Just go out, go out and have some fun. But um, no, Tyrus Halliburton, real good. Turns real, out, yeah. real good. Like very a very solid um, step up. You know, this is his step up year. Then all power to him. You know, what's it? Twenty three, four, and eleven basically at the for the year. And that's with some of their dudes who aren't really like Benedict Mather and their their gun rookie from last year hasn't really come on, and they don't know what to do with Buddy Heald. So it's kind of you know there's still like headroom for them to improve. Yeah, I don't think Bruce Brown's even been. He has has he been okay in spots, but they probably expect a module. He's plus his box score is bloody fantastic. But I guess if you're scoring 150 points, your box score is always going to be really fantastic. Yeah, it's, it's a good way to juice all the offensive stats <laughs> is to be is to be playing at a ridiculous pace and scoring a ridiculous number of points. Yeah, that's, that's what they have to do, you know, per minute. I did see one guy the other day who was like plus 49 or something like that. I'm like, what the fuck was going on? He had three points or something like that, but they were plus 49. I thought, man, you are you, you are Mr. Role Player. Just, you know, go out and stand in the corner for You a while. were also present when all that was happening. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like the, uh, we'll get to it later, maybe the Pat Cummins of the NBA. <laughs> just just be there while it all happens hey, around you. That's leisure qualities. That, that's what you need. Hey, hey, look, I'm all power to Paddy. I'll, I'll back him to the hilt. But anyway. because yeah, he's not just later. a langer. And on the other end of the spectrum, um, speaking of people who were, who were just there, your man, well, actually, Bezos' man, Wemby, mm. who de- definitely arrived in the NBA this week when he yes. played a game in New York where instead of showing the fucking Celtic 76ers game that would have been much better to actually watch, they, uh, yes. ESPN decided to telecast down by 20 in halfway through the first quarter and, and just got absolutely lapped. And stayed there. And Wemby <laughs> missed everything, airballed three, and was getting overrated chance from the New Yorkers. And I uh, thought that's, now you know you've arrived God. in the NBA, son. But I did read a story that a bunch of his teammates waited around for him because he was saying bye to his mum or something like that. They didn't want didn't want him to be last on the bus by himself because apparently Pop yells at the last person on the bus. So if they thought if there's seven of us there, they can't yell at all seven of us. I'm guessing Pop would have given it a, probably a red hot crack, but you know that's nice. They're standing up for their boy in in Madison Square Gardens. Nice. Well, the thing is though that Pop will make a. I mean, the, the reason that Pop really liked coaching. Tim Duncan and those guys was that he would go especially hard on those guys and they would take because they knew I have to make an example of you to show the signal to the, to the other players. Mm. Now, I don't know whether Wimby's at that stage of, you know, we're only a few games in and he's still learning, but probably Pop should he look at- mi- He was minus 25 that night. Yeah. yeah. What Pop should probably look at, coaching some kind of defense because they suck. I know. And this is the problem that they're going to have is that yeah. the players they have on that team are really quite bad. Awful. Like I'm just, I'm looking around trying to see if I recognize any other names there. Zach Collins, I guess- it's the guts of a twenty-win team. Oh, Johnson. It, it was. It was last year. It was a twenty-win yes. team plus Wembenyama. They, they haven't really look. Wemby's going to have Wemby games, and they'll win when he does. But yeah, it, it doesn't look great. No, but it does, it's not meant to look great. Yeah, we, 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 that, that, that's right. No, it wasn't ever. To, and then, yeah, the fact that they beat Phoenix twice, did they? Yeah, that was I don't, I don't really know what the odd. Hell was going on there, it, it, like two of their wins as Phoenix. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, that was Phoenix down. A few of their. Key play. I think that was Phoenix with just mm. Durant. And that no book was there too. It was that was a book and Durant book thirty one Durant twenty eight. One of them was go. yeah. But that's right. But but nobody else yeah. like everybody else is just. But that, that really shows that these teams that have hollowed out their bench in order to get the big stars, the Clippers, yes. the Suns, even Milwaukee, even this early in the season where you think fatigue wouldn't wouldn't be having an effect and you wouldn't need to be going to the, the extent of your bench. Right now, those teams that that traded depth for stars. 
are paying for it because those stars are simply not fucking there. Yeah. Whereas Philadelphia, who went the other way, arguably, they traded stars for depth yeah. because they got back a whole bunch of depth pieces, even though that wasn't the point of the trade. Those depth pieces have actually been useful for them. So. Yeah. As we said, interesting stuff. Like, it's, it's kind of where we're on, what, the 10-game mark, I guess. So that's kind of your first official small sample size. Like, you can actually sort of start making some kind of- Yeah, we're, we're at least at least you know, attempts the way through. But- Yes, that's right. The All-Stars comes at about the sort of 45, 50-game mark, doesn't uh, it? Oh, sounds about right. Yeah, it's February. So it's not quite- It's about- so It's, a bit, it's about, yeah, it's yeah. a bit beyond. It's like three-fifths of the way through, yeah. closer to two-thirds. All-Stars going to be good this year, apparently. Adam Silver said so. But he says that all the time. It's going to be his fault if it's not. I think they're heavily suggesting that they're going to try the um, USA versus the rest of the world thing for 2025. Uh, and some uh, people are saying well, that's not fair for the American players because there's more of them and there'll be less spots for them. And I'm like, but the Americans were going to, doesn't matter how many spots they need, they're going to lose because the rest of the world can, are the rest <laughs> of the world, they can send their absolute best. So it would be Joker. Um, well, actually, Embiid is now <laughs> technically American. Um, yeah, so, but that's all right. So it would be- um, Joker, Giannis, uh, Donkic. Donkic, Joker, Giannis. Who, who else have we got? Plus Wimbanyama. Got to put a token Canadian in there. Oh, yeah, you got all the Canadians. You've so got Shea. Shea, you've got Dylan Brooks, you've got Larry Marketing <laughs> if you want him, you've got either of the Wagners. Oh, the Wagners. Uh, I mean, coming off the bench is your backup centre, Rudy Gobert, probably. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. Back up to the backup centre. It's not going to be the flashiest um, team. And, and maybe Josh Giddy. Josh Giddy yeah. off the bench as the token, token Australian yeah, in there. Kyrie might come back to Jingles. <laughs> Jingles <laughs> can be like chef de mission or something like that. He can just set the tone. He's their spirit the spirit animal. Yes. Yes, again. Um, he's, Jingles is doing all right. Like the, uh, the Magic are, are doing okay for uh, Magic are one of those teams that, that are hitting above what you would expect them to be. They're, they're five and four along with Miami and Atlanta. Basically, the, the whole, my whole spiel about how the entire Southeast division of the NBA should be shoveled into the sea hasn't aged terribly well given that <laughs> Miami are five and four, Orlando are five and four, Atlanta are five and four, and even Washington have two wins. Yeah, but they, they weren't good wins. They are terrible. Bezos right on that one. I'm on, no, man, no. They may never pass my lips ever again, but yes, Washington hey, are. A they're not the worst. They don't have the worst net rating in the entire comp, unlike his fucking San Antonio. Minus, minus 12 points, but uh, average I, per game. I still don't know what the Nets are going to do. Like, I, I keep getting seeing things there. You can't trust NBA Australia Twitter because it's like, oh, ben, ben, no, not Twitter, the actual website. You know, Ben Simmons no. is playing okay. Yeah, he's playing niche. Okay. Okay. Yeah, like. On a team that He's on a not- team that's playing okay, they're four and five, and they've got almost a so they're almost five hundred, and they've almost got a flat net rating, and they've played a lot of games away. Like they've they've only played three games of nine at home. Yeah. They're okay. I mean, Cam Thomas has been out a little bit. He normally comes in and saves the day by scoring loads of points off the bench when they need them. Yeah, like yeah, they're just kind of they're just kind of thereabouts. I feel like I feel the vibes are better in Brooklyn than they are in say Toronto, who had the same record but have had some had some remarkable wins and some horrific losses. They're Sounds really hard to get a beat on Toronto. In, in the competition for who's the most frustrating side in the NBA, the No Dunks Championship is a special this year. Chicago and Toronto are both well, I was going to say Chicago are bad, man. Yeah, awful. I mean, Toronto aren't much better, though, I think, in that, in that fact that they should be better, but they're not going to be. Like, that you want- Their ceiling's that. higher. Yes. Yeah. E- even in the performances that they've had this year, that their ceiling's definitely higher. Um, but, yeah, t- Chicago just feel- just grim. Oh, they'd have to blow it up. Surely this year. 
I don't think they want to. How, how can they do anything else, though? They've got a fucking octogenarian owner who doesn't want to live through another a rebuild. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think they're going to blow it up while he's still- Well, before he, he blows it himself up. Well, who goes? Who do they- They send DeRozan? Is he the one? Or do they send- Who's taking- I, I, think, I think they're just going to keep this fucking roster together. I don't. I don't know what the fuck they're gonna do. I mean, nothing works. And if they blow it up, what are they? What are they blowing it up for? Like, are they? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. It'll, it'll be years before it, it turns into something new, and by then mm. the owners will be owner will be dead. And why would you hang around waiting for that? Yeah. You'd rather just have you know mediocre basketball, tenth get in the play in tournament kind of thing. But even then, they're not they're not quite there yet. It's just weird because it, it it looks like a good basketball side. Like I just read down the list, and it looks like it should be okay. Not not great. But okay, you know, like it's- For, for 2016, it would have been a fantastic basketball side. It's just not- Yes, that's right. That's true. Well, welcome. And ladies and gentlemen, your Los Angeles Clippers were probably 2000. Well, the tw- you know. 2014 champions. They would have been a fantastic <laughs> team for Doc Rivers <laughs> under the ownership that- of, of fucking Donald Sterling to go- Could have just- could have destroyed the whole Warriors dynasty right there. The Warriors were sort of going, we can't match that. We'll just play a tank again for another couple of picks yeah. rather than go on the run that they did. But it's I, I'm I'm surprised that I'm on top. I hadn't looked for I hadn't looked today, you know, because it was last time it was like I was six games back in games played and level. So I'm four games clear and four games. Slower. I was surprised I wasn't further back because I knew that I'd lost all my games today and, and at least half of the ones I played yesterday. So. But uh, yeah, it's still a lot of playful. Who I don't trust, um, I Bezo. I don't trust. His don't, eyes are too close together. I don't trust Atlanta. I, I actually trust Orlando more than I trust Atlanta. But as long as they can stay in that six seven, so actually the side that I've probably been the most disappointed with, and it probably was coming anyway, is Sacramento, who just yeah. don't look. There's just not that spark that there was, and maybe you know that that teams watched that sort of first round series and went, okay, that's that's how we get these guys. Like you know, we can. Just tweak this here and tweak that there, and they just—they're a bit slow out of the gate. I mean, look, they're still four, they're still five hundred. They're not bad. Yeah, they won their last two. I was worried about them at two and four, uh, and that was particularly when because um, Fox has been out for a bit. But they mm. bounced back and won and their last two, and that's actually been. And, and yesterday's game was really important for them. I'm trying to remember who they played. Yeah, they play Cleveland. They play Cleveland next, which will be yeah. an interesting game. Well, Cleveland, Cleveland just played. Cleveland just played um, Golden State, so obviously the Cleveland Warriors, are doing a yeah. doing a tour of Northern back California. Back. So that's a, that's a good opportunity to grab one from Cleveland there because they'd probably be a bit like that was a pretty weird win for them anyway. Like, it's not quite back to back, but it's all sorts um, of stuff going on there. San Francisco. Well, it's a nice bus ride up the road to, to Sacramento, basically, isn't yeah. it? I think um, the Dubs have got a couple of games against Minnesota coming up. And that'll uh, probably tell us a little bit about both those teams, I suspect. Yes. So, cricket. I think so. We know who's playing in the semis. Arguably, we've known who's playing in the semis for about a month, but uh, it's nice to have it finally codified. It was nice of Ben Stokes to do his one thing for the World Cup, hobble out with one leg, do a $2 shop, fucking Glenn Maxwell, and score enough runs to make sure that there was no way that Pakistan could... um, could yeah, beat, well, I think beat New Zealand on run rate. The toss, they did that, didn't they? Well, it made yeah, it statistically um, incredibly improbable. I think they had, they had 17 sixes in a row or something like that. Actually, what made it improbable was New Zealand beating the shit out of out of uh, Sri Lanka. So I think that, that's what made the real difference. Oh, yeah. So Glenn Maxwell, discuss. Exists. Um, Hashtag Vicks do it better. I, I think that, I think the universe was talking to me about that one, and I ignored it, which oh, to my peril because I went to bed. The innings changed. and went ah two eighty, two ninety odd. Eh, doesn't really matter, but you know we'll, we'll probably get that. And I woke and I woke up at about sort of two thirty, three o'clock in the morning, 
as you as we do of men of our age, and thought, oh, maybe I should go out and have a look at the cricket. Yeah, don't do that. Nah, it's Terrible just fucking Afghanistan game. Yeah, I just need more sleep. And woke up and sort of check cricket info, and you sort of go, oh yeah, seven for two ninety eight. Cool, no worries. And oh, Maxwell was not out on what on, on what. From all of them? Saw, he was not out Bannerman? What does that mean? And then I then it clicked full scorecard. I'm like, that was seven for 91. Look, what? Pat Cummins is 12 off like a thousand yes. balls. How, how did this happen? <laughs> he was 12 off just watching. You, know, you, you can't just, you know, sometimes you look at the scorecard and you can kind of see the flow of the match and you can see how it all would have mm. worked and you go, okay, yeah. They lost a couple of, you know, they, they scored quick at the start, lost a couple of early wickets, Labashane come in, settled down the innings. There's a bit of a slog at the end. We lost a couple of more wickets, but, you know, we got to 300 or something yeah. like that. I had no concept of how that would have worked uh, apart from, because, you know, even I think... Um, Labashane got a few runs again, but then got a dodgy one or something like. I, he's I don't not know. been, but it was just particularly reliable. I know, I know, he's not really an ODI batsman. He's not generally. He's not sort of seen as core to the ODI team, but but he's kind of held up the end that we need. I think, like you know, sometimes our, we're prone to those lots of you know wickets in bursts, and that's what he kind of stops, thankfully. And when he doesn't stop, that's when we lose. Like in the first two games, he didn't really, but he's he's. He hasn't set the world on fire, but well, the game, the game just the other night, he did fuck all with the bat, but he enacted a couple of very, very important runouts, didn't he? Oh, yeah, the runouts are amazing. That's right, and he's and he's your vibes man, obviously in that team. Like, he's uh, they're not vibes I'd want to be part of. Well, if it's Steve, imagine imagine sitting next to Steve Smith on the bus, like he is, like he's getting quiet. vertigo now. And did did you watch him on the, the press conference when he was, ta- he was about to talk about that vertigo? Though, like, there's just the mannerisms and the ticks and. You know, it's 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 just it, it's kind of it's quite odd. Yeah, he's neurospicy to fuck. He he's extremely neurospicy. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that there's a place for people who are clearly spectrum enabled. Oh, look, he he was great last night. He came out. You know, we were. You know, he, he, it could have been one of those games where he just went, "Well, fuck it. Here's the time to cash in and go nuts." And he just went, "You know what? The guy at the other end is doing just fine. Thanks very much." He you know, and he ended up sixty off sixty balls. Are we allowed, are we contractually obliged not to mention the a success of a Marsh brother out of out of respect for Bezo because he's sick enough already. We have now, so yes. so yeah. Bezo, that's so, only you can hear is Bezo vomiting Mitch, on himself. Mitch Mitch Marsh is a genuinely good international cricketer now, uh, and I think it's just the fact that I, I figure out for yeah, he couldn't probably help it from watching his brother. Is that he's just afraid of getting out in the first bit? Like he was so worried. Now when he he, he just sees the ball, you know, see the ball, hit the ball, hit through the line of the ball, he is a remarkably power. Some of the shots I watched him hit in that innings today, it's just like he's leaning on these things, and the ball you don't even see it go. Okay, that's not even my bad KO connection doing that. It's just you know, it's just the brutality. Yet it's not like he ever looks like he's swinging. You know, axe handles or anything like that. No, it never looks violent. It just looks like an extension of the shot, like particularly the sort of lofted shots down the ground. Like some of those sixes, yeah. he, he's hit um, not only in in his hundred and seventy odd not out um, mm. just now, but in earlier in the tournament, these shots where he would just he would just basically just just hit through it and over it, Flip. and it would not. Look, and you think next thing you know, it's it's bouncing off the side screen. Like, and let's not do anything. Glenn Maxwell is violence. There is some serious like. You know, Croatian army violence about those innings because they're just brutal. And what what, what he did the other night, and you know, having a twelve year old son who plays cricket, it was also preposterous. It was some of those shots. Yeah, and I was like, oh, you know, how? Yeah, how? You just don't. It's basically you just don't know that the physics can matter. Well, you know, you know what it is. I know, I know. You, you as a resident batsman, you know, there's a lot of 
of mythology and bullshit about batting and you can't do this and you shouldn't do that and all that sort of stuff. But Braxville's innings proves that all of that old wives' tale stuff about making sure your footwork is right and footwork is, the, is so important. <laughs> if you know, can't get your footwork or you won't do anything. Glenn Maxwell batted like both his legs were tied together and scored about 100 off two. What are we talking about here? I think it, Footwork is I bullshit. I think it's, a, it's one of those things. It's like maybe a, a bit of a sister thing. Footwork gets you into a, a better position to play those shots if you're a normal human yes. being. However, if you're Glenn Maxwell and basically you're watching them bowl a you know, bunch of beach balls down at the end of you, um, of which you just- You might as well be- You could be sitting on a fucking unicycle and you're just not going to do that sort of stuff. Yes, that's pretty, pretty much it. i tell you what though. And even some of the- Even in the 100 he got, where he got to the 100 and he planned to play this reverse ramp thing- and it got a bit close on him and he just tweaked the ramp inside and it actually hit it down to fine leg. So he re- hit a reverse, reverse sweep down to fine leg. And the commentator's gone, I don't think he meant to do that. And I'm like, like, fuck, he didn't mean to do that. Yes. That's exactly where he aimed that thing to go. It's just, you just don't think about it. That's right. Well, I don't think he meant to do anything. I think he just, he just, you know, <laughs> react, read and react. He just, where he just put the ball. I'll tell you what, though, Glenn Maxwell, for somebody who is generally hated by the country of New Zealand, Glenn Maxwell has never been more popular in New Zealand than he was when he scored those runs because that basically oh, put New Zealand oh, in. Oh, I'll tell you what it did. Like, there's, there's footage of him, you know, when he was cramping up on the ground, which Ooh. was just awful, awful stuff to watch. Like, it basically looked like his hamstring was about to jump out and shake hands with it's him. It's not fun. Um, because his weight is reaching up. But there's a wide shot of the whole stadium when he's down on the ground. And basically, I'm just like, 50,000 Indian people watching a dead rubber going, Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell. And all I could think is just his manager just watching going, cha-ching, cha-ching. Yes. Yeah. All right, then next year at the IPL draft, Glenn Maxwell goes for $7 million or something like that. You'd hope that he's coming off contract with his IPL team because now oh, would yeah. be the time to be, yeah, to be re-entering um, negotiations. Well, he was already pretty good. I think he was already on a pretty decent pay pay grade. But, you know. He'd like if, to think so. If, any, if anybody ever was sort of- uh, he's just was uh, he was retained for eleven crores, whatever a crore, a crore. Oh, I is. did I did look this okay. up once. So a lot. I think it. I think it's like a hundred thousand. So it's like one point one million. The interesting. Roughly. The interesting thing about him though is that his bowling is actually becoming even more handy than you know. He, he's he's a genuine all rounder, but the his batting is just ridiculous. Like it's 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 just it, he just makes it look so easy. Um, and I was even watching one of those, you know, uh, you know, when KO gets left on, one of those golf shows, golf, golf. I'm just talking about golf here on the pod just to make up for your slander last week. Um, golf sucks. He would play, yeah, it was like have a round with Glenn Maxwell. And he was out with, you know, whatever old Australian PGA guy was hosting this show. And just gets up on the tee and bombs this thing down, you know, 320 yards or something like that. But he's like, oh, my irons aren't quite good. You know, I don't this. And the guy said, oh, yeah, all you're doing is you do this and do that. And he sort of pointed out a couple of things. And then from that point on, I thought, oh, great. You've just lost this. This guy's going to end up on the PGA Tour now because now he can actually hit an iron within five feet or something like that. Oh, but, he can make a lot more money. You know, it, just for the record, um, what was it? 11 crore? So mm-hmm. a crore is 10 million. So that's basically <sighs> 110 million Indian rupee, which would be about one point, probably about two million Australian. Yeah, one crore in USD. As I look. Fuck USD. No, do it to AUD. Yeah. No, do it to AUD. Two hundred and seven. Two point oh eight million dollars for a month. So that yeah, goes it's nasty work, isn't it? Yeah, yeah I- good on him. I say good on him. Like absolutely. Like I mean, 
Yeah, he's had a yeah, for for a guy that's had a career that could have been absolutely anything. I'm glad he's making a bit of coin out, yeah, of, I mean, out of it. You know, he's he, he wasn't a victim. I mean, if anything, he was a victim of himself. I mean, how many times did we see him do incredibly oh, stupid things? I mean, oh yes, this will buy him a lot of more opportunities to just leave balls out of stump. Oh well, yeah, breaking legs at birthday parties and falling out of golf carts and all that sort of stuff. I did love that the can't bowl, can't throw team did an emergency podcast for Glenn Maxwell falling off the back of a golf cart. Um, it wasn't a great episode, but I just thought it was funny that that's what that's what got Sam out of bed in the morning, basically. You know, in the NBA, it's a trade. Someone's traded. The yeah. trade alarm goes off and Kyrie's going to wherever again. Yep. Kyrie wants to be traded. They need to put that golf cart in the Indian Cricket Museum. But look, it's. I think I, I'm a keen, I kind of, I don't know if we'll beat South Africa. I kind of feel like we're almost favourites, and I think that's a bad spot to be against South Africa. because they're- It's South Africa in a semi-final. What would lead you to believe that there would be a problem? <laughs> Yeah, I'm just hoping that that's the thing because they, they could quite it just as easy to turn around and score 430 because we haven't been bowling great. Like Mitchell Stark's all over the place. Uh, yeah, if not for Adam, the, the, the silky skills of Adam Zampa, um, we'd probably be not so much, you know, there might be double centuries going here in 107, but Adam Zampa's got 23 wickets to the tournament and probably needed every single one of them, I'd say, because we don't have another spinner. Uh, our middle order sort of bowlers have been complete shit. You know, Green, Stoinis, Marsh even have, have just been going the distance at a regular journey. Hazelwood's been bowling okay. I'm not sure Green and Stoinis get in the side if uh, when Maxwell's back in. No, I don't think they do either because I think they'll play Smith and Labuschagne mm. and I reckon it'll be Smith, Smith Labuschagne, Maxwell, Inglis and then Captain Cummins. Yep. Probably sits down there. And they're just going to hope to chase um, anything. Where are the uh, their semi is at? I know the India games at Wankhede, at Wankhead. Wankhede, Wankhede. Um, not sure. Oh, in- India are about to beat the shit out of the Netherlands first, though. Yeah, they're currently at nine, nine, eight and a half runs for. It was over nice of them five, to schedule. So that's going to be a net session. It's going to be brutal. <laughs> schedule <laughs> them a nice net session the, before um, the uh, thing. Oh, so here you go. The um. The Cricket World Cup semi-final, India-New Zealand, Wednesday, 15th of November. Oh, oh, that's just India's games. I was just looking going, why are there only India games? So, yeah, Wednesday for that one. They're the only ones that matter. That's why this this tournament is set up for them. I just just want them to lose to New Zealand because I think, like you say, South Africa going to South Africa. If India lose to New Zealand, then it's an Australia-New Zealand final. We know how that, you know, we've we've read this book before. So... Maybe I don't know. It'd be nice. Look, I, I like everybody else. If if it can't be Australia, I would want it to be New Zealand. If it can't be, I, but India and South Africa, I have trouble. Like, I would rather see Pakistan make the four and, and they can win one. Um, I'm just glad England's not there and they got beaten by <laughs> Afghanistan. They got beaten by everybody. Um, they suck. I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing South Africa because they've come a long way from even a oh, year or two really? ago where they were. Horrible. They were dog shit. And this is, um, and Tim Bavuma gets dog's abuse for the way that he captains that team, uh, mainly for the fact that he often does terribly stupid things, uh, with the bat and then does preposterously good things. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're a good one day side now. And hopefully that's the back of them being better in, in tests as well. I think because I don't know that they, they don't come out. Oh, no, I don't think they come out this no, year. No, they but, came out just recently um, and they were fucking horrible. They were really bad. Yeah, they're awful. That's right. It was, yeah, that's what I mean. Because it was the end of the whole A.B. de Villiers and Quentin de Kock yeah. sort of, you know, the, 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 the formal there. You know, Quentin de Kock's turned himself into a one-day opener, which you know, seems to be working out fine. I think this is his last hurrah, yeah, so to speak. So. 
I do love the fact, and by love, I use this very tongue-in-cheek, that whatever, no matter what happens, Australia are going to turn around and play a T20 match uh, series against India in India after all this is over. Haven't we played enough cricket? Like, have we not just had a month tournament that's gone for three months? Why do we need three T20s apart from the fact that the W or the ICC says money, good, you make now, please go? I don't think it's the ICC. I think it's the boards involved. I think the ICC sees a lot of that. I mean, you're asking capitalists, what, haven't you got enough money? And the answer is never yes. Never. No. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so we play five, five T20s. Oh, my God. And then we play three tests against Pakistan, two tests against the West Indies, and a meaningless one-day series against the West Indies, and even and then an even more meaningless T20 series. Then we go to New Zealand and play a meaningless T20 series over there. And then some... T- oh, we play you guys in the test. We must That's be, good. We must be warming up for another international T20 comp because they're every two years. Yeah, well, there's five... Well, then, we, then we go to England and play T20s over in England. And this is in September. The last, the last things on our schedule are three T20s and five one-dayers in England in September. So that that must maybe is there another T20 World Cup coming up? Is that I would have thought that they're usually uh, two years apart from 2026. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're there not going to play a Champions Trophy. trophy in well, yeah, there's a Champions Trophy because that's what England was. Uh, was worried about. I don't even know. Oh, no, there is a 2024 tournament. There it is. It's in the West Indies. So there you go. Oh, well. Every two years. That's uh, Good old time zones that don't work for anybody. Excellent. <laughs> they might finally get cricket to work for America. Yeah, good on you. Yeah. Oh, America, we get automatic qualification, though, because they are hosting. So the United States will feel the side in that uh, T20 World Cup. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure they'll go real well. You know, the cricket news that I thought was very, that actually made me genuinely sad for just for cricket and sport in general. Meg Lanning's retired from international cricket. You want to talk about a person that's sort of had to perform at the highest levels for an extended period of time with every, you know, basically side in the world gunning for their spot. Um, and Meg Lanning just basically stood there and went, nah, fuck is, we're winning everything. And they did. Pretty much, like it's, but you know, thirty-one years old and, and sort of out of the international game, you can't really blame them, I guess, because the money's not there to spend the amount of time that they're probably spending overseas chasing money. And what more she got to do? I think the money is going to be there over the next ten years, though, and that's kind of the sad thing. Yeah, you know, I don't think she's leaving because of the yeah. cricket. I think she's leaving because of no stuff that's outside, that's yeah, you know, away from the game. Um, and that and that sucks. You know, it's just as somebody gets in position to actually. You know, there's going to be yeah. genuine money, but to be made out of the women's big bash and the and the the women's T20 tournament in England mm. and and particularly the women's IPL, especially as the other sides are getting better. That's yeah. right, like they're they're actual decent sides there. So, but still, you know, she's still beating the shit out of Australian um, domestic competitions for a little while longer. So that's you know, she's not a sort of a loss to the game. I think she'll end up coaching the Australian side. You would think at some. Thing because she just seems to be that kind of have that kind of mind, and I hope she is. But you know, go well with our blessings, I yep. guess, because you could not think of you could not think of probably a better international cricketer over the last ten years, male, female, whatever. Um, how how she sort of stayed at the top of her game and just was like, you know, thou shalt not pass. That we win and we win because I say so. And also because we've got an overwhelming talent advantage that's slowly being chewed away at. Yes, well, I just but I watched her 170 in against in one of the World Cups the other day to win a match the highest thing. It was just like everybody else was kind of you know telling around, and she's just like, and she didn't hit a sink. I think she hit one six, which was to win the match. Everything else was just all good cricket shots, you know, just like oh, short wide outside stuff. So yep, 
that's proof point for four, you know, it's sort of old fashioned, you know, Steve War Tugger style cricket in a very modern evolving world. And yes, she's very good. Made you feel good about being old and washed. <laughs> Nothing makes me feel good about being old and washed. No. <laughs> No, there isn't. Well, that was Bull's podcast. I don't think we've taken the opportunity to dunk on Bezos' terrible opinions enough on this on this episode. You had, you had free range to just clean him up. And he- uh, look, I felt I, I actually I felt a little sad after the last week's. Um, yeah. It's because most of his takes are deeply mediocre. They, he never challenges anybody. No, I, I felt a little sad after after I got slandered on last week's episode for for about the last five seconds. And I looked at the timer as I said I always do. And I thought, there's still five minutes on here. I reckon it's they're going to go in more. for this going to be more. And you didn't disappoint. So, you know, you know, that's mostly just about my musical tastes, which are Well, that's well- true. I had, I had an exit. Where was my exit? You can, luckily, you can edit this. Oh, no, luckily, I know, the, I know the guy who edits this. We could probably stitch it together. <laughs> yeah. Um, we were so dunking that on was, Bezo, that's what we were doing. Yeah, and we, we haven't come up with any reason to dunk on Bezo apart from that he uh, takes more days off sick than AD, so, um, which, which <laughs> makes me, that would make me LeBron. Um, I guess I could live up to that. As long as I, as long as, as long as I can be um, Rui Hachimura, I'd be happy with that. <laughs> yes. don't, don't do blackface or, or <laughs> no, an no. Asian face. <laughs> I can be LeBron in the context that everybody wishes I was on a minutes restriction, but I keep turning up and playing the whole fucking game <laughs> and, yelling, um, and just yelling at the refs incessantly. Yeah, and like James Harden, I'm not a system player. I'm a system player. <laughs> On that note, let's get out of here. It's good, good night for me. Good night for him. See you next week, folks. I'll catch you later. Cheers. See ya. We really should have dunked on Bezos some more. He's right about the Wizards, though. That's what I, that's what kind of stops me. And every side I, I can yeah, say, but Christ, how hard is it? How hard is it to be right about the Wizards? Yeah, I know, I know. Who who are his teams anyway? I should have a look and see. Oh, who, it's who, Spurs who, and, the, and got, the Thunder, and, the, and they're not as good. He's got Detroit, Utah, and San Antonio, which are sort of like and they're all awful. Yeah, Detroit, the, the thing is that you can. Well, Detroit's going to struggle to get the twenties. Utah won't make 30, and probably neither will San Antonio. They're perfect picks because then you can sort of just go, you know, if they do well, you can go, well, fuck, I'm a fucking genius. And if they suck, you say, well, we, we knew they were going to suck. That's true of the Spurs, the Pistons, Utah, and the Thunder are, are as good as advertised. But yes. the reality is that you're winning, so you don't have to no. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the people who are behind you. Mind you, it's, it's, it's sort of the weight of numbers that does you. Like you've got Memphis, Chicago, Portland, Charlotte, Toronto, None of who are in the top ten, and Phoenix are only just popping their head out at nine. Yeah. Uh, that that will change, though. I Although, think, look, I have I have no mm. problem. Uh, look, the Memphis will get better. Mm. The Suns and the Bucks will figure it out. Um, yes, Portland won't get better. And so, and, and, Portland are going to be. And Dallas are overachieving as it is. So even if they fall to a five six seed, they're probably doing better than what you had them at, like a ten seed or something like that. Pretty much. So the reason I think it might be sustainable that Dallas are doing this is that they're, they're not doing it through any kind of unsustainable. Like it's not like they're number one in defense or number one in offense. They're just consistently good on both sides of the ball, and I think that's that's normally a sign of a team that's that's. Mm. 
not doing anything unsustainable. What worries Whereas me about I wonder whether Indiana's offense, I mean, Indiana's offense or or mm. Minnesota's mm. defense feels like it could, it you know, mm. it might recede a little bit one way or the other. Well, I look at mine and go, well, Houston's definitely not going to be sustainable. They'll, they'll take the floor. I don't trust Atlanta uh, in that sort of bit. But then again, I look at Cleveland and go, well, they will definitely get better. I don't know about New Orleans. I think they're 10th and I think that's kind of where they sit. So... Yeah, they're going to just keep tripping over injuries. It's it's really bizarre yeah. because they've changed their medical staff since they they used to share medical resources with the NFL team, and the priority yeah. was always the NFL team, and the trainers were all NFL trainers. So you know they they weren't getting specialist basketball support. Um, now that's not the case anymore, but they still seem to have a terrible run with injury. Although I mean, you can't really you can't really blame them for CJ McCollum getting a fucking punctured lung or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah, God, that was weird. Isn't it? Just, but yeah, they kill you really, everything with the bloody getting run over by a freaking car. It's just like, oh, for yeah. fuck's sake, are you kidding me? Like the guy, the guy's usually a laughing stock, and you know, because you know, that that season with the Warriors was not good. Um, mm. and, and, but yeah, he's he's doing okay. There's got to be more. There's got to be more to it. And what was he at? How did he get hit by a car? What was he doing? You know, well, I don't know. It falls into that same like the the no dunks guy. The thing. How did he get fucking hit by a car out? You know, oh, I think, just, I think he was. I think he was running. Yeah, uh, who knows? But it certainly doesn't feel like a safe place to be outside. Though he was in Philly, wasn't he? I wouldn't. I wouldn't it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't think uh, it'd be a safe place. To America be anyway. it's not a safe place to be. Full stop. That's right. But it doesn't matter what you're doing, particularly after they get Trump again. All right. Well, I'm gonna dash off and. Do the yep. thing. So thank you for that. All right, thank you. Thank you for stepping in at late late notice. All right, so I'll talk to you next time. Cheers, man. Catch up.